everybody. Welcome along to the Serious James podcast with me, Mr. Serious James. I have a super special guest, uh, the the third part of Heading East, the <laughs> deranged himself. Uh, I that would be my introduction. <laughs> and uh, stand-up comedian superstar. Uh, oh, I don't know about that either. <laughs> Bill Sutton. Welcome along, oh, brother. Thanks. Um, yeah, at the beginning of that intro, it'll have me going, oh, I, you, I mean, you don't have to do it now. <laughs> hear that right at the beginning. Um, all, th- all three of my listeners are excited about this. One. <laughs> He's referencing the way it sounds <laughs> at the beginning. Um, well, hello, all three listeners. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. I feel honoured. You should be. Uh, this will be number... If you include all the sport ones that I've done, this will be number... Yeah. 12 oh nice man i think used to it now. uh yeah for me like i i feel like it's just an excuse for me to just sit alone for a few hours and talk to people <laughs> yeah no it's like i'm just gonna go and chat in the, in the other room yeah well who too not you <laughs> not you, any of you in my head yeah i need to get out of, out of here yeah, it's essentially. Kim said before, at least I don't get hours to myself at night time. And yeah, I was like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> you need to start your own podcast. You start your own podcast then. <laughs> See if you get any listeners. Yeah. Uh, you've got your own podcast, the same Sutton podcast. <clears throat> yeah, man. How uh, um, how are you getting on with them? Uh, it's all right, man. I, I, I've, I've, I'm on like the next episode, which will be with Pete. It's like the second time he's come back on it. And it'll be episode 65 now. But it should be way more than that because I started it like two years ago. But I've had a few times where I've just gone, I'm not doing this for a while. I can't do it. Like, <laughs> just a bad time in life. So I just go like, that's not a priority right now. And then I would just um, have like a month or something off. And then, so I'm on 65 episodes now, which is still a pretty a decent amount of episodes. Yes. If you scroll through the page, you'll see how it's changed. Like I used to have it in the shed, then I had it in my last flat and now I have it in my current flat with a green screen and it looks like it's a cool wall and so I'm just trying to make it better all the time. You do video uh as I well do video as, as well yeah. It's just me out of the three of us is the lazy fuck and has decided no, no, no I, so. I think it's like video. I, I considered doing um like a separate one. Well, not separate but just kind of like like point five version of mine. Where I digress and it's just me sat in my room here. Um, where I am now for the listener. Um, and I'm just talking just like I would do on, on a solo podcast of mine, just trying to like take the piss out of things and just try and make funny stuff up or whatever. Um, but without the pressure of having a camera in front of me and another guy, like Nick, like Nick Cook, a friend of mine, also the producer of the podcast, sat behind the camera, like sometimes giving me a funny look, like, why did you say that? Or like, where are you going with this? If I'm just sat in my room with that, I thought that like some good stuff might come out of it, but I went on it. Uh, I, I tried to do it, and then the first minute of it, I just kept going. Right, so I have another podcast, and th- th- this podcast, uh, and I just must have said the word <laughs> times, and I was like, no one wants to hear that, so I just gave up on it. Great, man. No one wants to hear any of it. Just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get. If... I didn't mean you. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, just nobody. I, I get that. It's like there's so much stuff that it's. Sometimes I'm like, what's the point in doing it? Because can you hear the echo coming through my room, by the way? Uh, only a little bit. Okay, that's good then. 
I'm not going to. Just for your benefit, I do uh, almost zero editing on the audio stuff. Um, So For my benefit. Everything that you say is going to get included. The only time I had to do some editing was when Peter said something that was unbelievably rude that I had to, that he said on purpose just so that I would edit some of the shit. Just so that you'd have to edit it. Yeah. Yeah. You made a very inappropriate statement about Black Lives. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, well, what you'll do is release that when you you have to get get ahead of him in the podcast game. You'll have to release (laughs) it. No, he's already incriminated himself on this just unbelievably. Like, <laughs> if we ever went for any sort of political career, oh, yeah. someone goes searching yeah. through this, like the Kevin Hart Oscars thing where he was like, mm. <laughs> which I think doing. is bullshit that one as well. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just unfair for anyone to go back over like 10 years of your life and then go, oh, look at this. This is what you said yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, it's like, yeah, people change. It's not, you're not the same person that you were 10 years ago. If I, if some people found messages I sent them 10 years ago and they went, look at what kind of person he is, I would read those messages and go, I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Not me anymore. I remember saying stuff like that, maybe. Some of it I've blocked out of my mind, but the rest of it, I just, sometimes I'm like thinking of it and I go, ugh, ugh, I can't believe I did that. So I must be a different person to, to how, who I was then. I mean, uh-huh. I remember going through a phase of calling everyone a fag. I said it out loud in a drama class at Pendleton College once. And the drama teacher, who was a lesbian, overheard me and made me stand up in front of about 60 people and apologize to her. (laughs) So I think, yeah, I think that was probably like 10 years ago. And I think, yeah, we all change. You were calling someone a cigarette in England, and then <laughs> yeah. she had a problem with that. <laughs> yeah, I hope yeah. that's outrageous. Yeah, she you were calling someone. You were calling someone those uh, those meat balls that they have. Uh, uh, pork. <laughs> yeah, pork faggots. Yeah, she did not take. Uh, I always thought I thought that fag was like derogatory against men as well. So I don't know why she took. Yeah, but as a gay person, she's just she's allowed to stand up for that. Yeah, yeah. She took a stance. Yeah. She took a stance. Uh, she she took she knelt in front of the class and did that. <laughs> Gay lives oh, matter. <laughs> <laughs> which they which they do. Um, how how's lockdown been for you, man? What have you been up to? Anything of note? Just um, I moved flats, so that was interesting. Um, yeah, it's interesting, very interesting. Um, which it wasn't too hard work, but the last place I was living was just the end. It started to be a nightmare, so. I wanted to get out there and I'm in a much better place now. It's, it, although it's also, it's a hundred and more for everything, to, uh, like my rent altogether, including bills and council tax, is a hundred pound more here. But as I moved here, my furloughed wage was docked a hundred pound. Oh, so, so it's like 200 pounds. 200 out of pocket. And then this month, they, I, I got my pay slip and I was like, all right, well, I get to pay my rent and I get some money. And I looked. And it's t- my my wage was twenty pound less than what my rent is. I was like, oh no! I just started panicking, and then I've like, I've gone for like universal credit to help me out to like top up my wage, and I was like, on uh, well, I did it online. Did you did you ever get job seeking allowance when you were younger? No, I, I've been unbelievably lucky and just had a job since I was okay. seventeen. 
Oh yeah, I remember you getting a job and then then I can't <laughs> Yeah, I just left everyone's friendship group and just became an adult. Yeah, you're getting busy, you're getting busy making making little kids. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Not you personally, but um pumping. I was doing the pumping. But what was my point? Oh job suits allowance. When I did that when I was like nineteen and I really needed a job, um I and I didn't have a job, I didn't have any prospects or anything like that. I didn't know what am I gonna do? It was very hard to get jobs in Sloan's and to keep it. Like you had to prove yourself constantly. Like, look, I've done this many. Look, I've used a blue pen for Monday. I've used a red pen for Tuesday and a black pen for Wednesday. And I didn't write this five minutes before I, before <laughs> I, I promise. It. Don't look at those pens in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they've got three different pens in your shirt pocket that they can see. Like you had to prove all of that stuff. Um, and then now, when I apply for it this time, uh, it's like you apply online so I filled the form in and then it was like yep you're getting universal credit I was like oh okay and then it didn't say when but it was like that's being processed and then I got called that day and this lady was like hello <laughs> you won the lottery <laughs> yeah usually uh, like it's like a grumpy man you walk out so a woman going like so what, you, what jobs have you searched for and you go well warehouse job <laughs> just like Everything, like everything you have to bring to the table. She's like, you're like, I did a course, and she's like, was that paid? Was that unpaid work? You need to, you need to make sure you uh, claim unpaid work and all this stuff. Whereas this lady was just over the moon to be telling me that I'm getting money through, and I was like, oh well, thanks a lot. Oh, do you know what was a funny part of it? Um, on the application online, you have to, you have security questions, and I often like choose those security questions, and then like when it comes back to it a couple of months later and I have to use them, I put what I think the answer is. And I'm like, how could I get that wrong? Is, have I like not used a capital? And I'm like trying all different ways and I get it wrong. So I was like, right, have really memorable ones. And one of them was, what's your first, the first band you like concert you ever went to? And uh, I put lost profits. <laughs> Obviously lost profits. What happened? It's like, it's kind of funny. And that's why it's memorable. There's, Best band I ever saw. I mean, it's, not, it's not funny. I mean, what he did. It's funny was... because it's like no, <laughs> nothing to do with what happened is funny. <laughs> nothing to do with what happened is funny. But it's that's it's it's funny that that was my first gig and that that turned out to be what happened with those guys. Yeah. You know I mean? Just him. I think it was just him, wasn't it? Let's not yeah, it tarnish the entire band with. No, but what I mean is what. Well, if your lead singer something like that, <laughs> happened to the band something has happened to the band. You found out that the lead singer is a pedo. Do you reckon so, they knew? That must be a hard thing to keep secret, that you're like fucking babies. I know. I know. Like they must have seen the type of groupies he was going with and going, jeesh. Yeah, and he also, I'm pretty sure he had a video where he's like in a school, just all like dancing around, and he's just singing like this song to kids in a way. And it's like ironic, but it's like when you look back on it. Sinister. It's like on the nose. It's Crystalia playing a paedophile, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, the point of that was, that they, then they rang me up on the phone, and they're like, ah, oh, you're right, blah, blah. and she's going, right, uh, what's your address, uh, what's your postcode, and I was like, it's this. And then she's like, um, right, the security questions, what was the first concert you ever went to? And I, was like, I didn't think I'd be saying this out loud <laughs> on the phone. It's Lost Profits, and then she was like, oh, I've never heard of them, don't worry. And I went, all right, well, don't Google them. Please don't <laughs> Google them. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'll definitely look them up now. And I was like, yeah, you better not do it. It's, it's not the best story. But um, yeah, then then I was like, 
oh, well, basically, the reason I'm getting this shit, it all came through in August, and I was like, oh, well, I might be working again more then. I'm, I'm doing like one day a week at one of my jobs at the moment. And I was like, oh, well, by the time it's through in August, I might not even need it. That's cool. But I said to her, um, I need the money for my rent. I'm not able to pay my rent. And she said, oh, you can get a loan. And I imagined that like, you'd go on the website and you'd send this loan thing off and then it would just take ages for them to like, right, you've been approved for the first level. Now you're going to be taken to the second level and you've got to prove what your mother's maiden name was or whatever to get this loan. <laughs> I don't know. You have to go through this whole process. And then um, I just chose like £350 and then I clicked enter and it was like, approved, it's coming through in two days. <laughs> it's as if during all this lockdown thing, if you're just struggling, they're going like, all right, go ahead. Two yeah. days is a long time. What, to wait for a loan? Yeah, I, like, I knew people like when they were accessing payday loans that were getting well, loans. It's not a payday loan. It's like a, the government are giving it to you. No, I know, but like with a payday, you could get it within an hour. Like They were willing yeah. to just give you it within an hour because you were selling your kidneys to them. True, true. But also, in comparison to how... It is now to get an advanced loan off, off universal credit to how oh, it was yeah. like 10 years ago when I was trying to do that. That would have taken months and they would have been like, yeah, you can get 150 to help you with the hostel that you live in. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas now it's like, oh, you have two jobs, <laughs> but you're not getting paid enough. All right, here's a loan and here's some universal credit. So It's interesting that you've had a positive experience when I think a lot of people have had a shit experience with it. Well, with lockdown, you mean? I think like universal credit when it first came out was like universally um, targeted. <laughs> like a sh- like there was like children that were starving because like mums couldn't get any money for like eight weeks and they were having to yeah. like yeah, they- yeah exactly. But I feel like it was worse then. It was harder to do it then, but now it it seems to be during all this the, the lockdown. Um, it seems that. It is easier now to, to, to get these things, which is weird. That's why I'm having a positive experience with it now. They just seem to have made it more accessible. And they're just a kind of understanding. People do need our help. Whereas then they're like, you need help, do you? Why don't you get a bloody job? What well, are you sleeping on the street for? Are you homeless? I read an article that Universal Credit had like forced a lot of women into going to prostitution. Hmm. So, you know, have you thought about that as a vocation? <laughs> wow, well, yeah, you're in the job. Like, well, I applied uh, with Dave and, and John, and they, that, this was in the car, uh, the car park behind BJ's Bingo. Uh, just make parent. I've wrote them in different coloured pens, so you know it's on different days. I've kept the cash and the used condoms. <laughs> Here they are. <laughs> Ooh, that stinks. Ooh. I'll keep that for later. <laughs> keep that, keep that. what was your phone number again sorry <laughs> so um how what how's your lockdown been man? uh relatively easy um apart from obviously the kids being off school and driving us wild but uh, yeah I've, uh, m- my work allows me to work from home um which is going to be shit when we're back in the office and i've got to wake up early to get the train again get the Oof. yeah, yeah that's like to go to a place where you're like I, I do this better at home do you do it better at home uh we motivation as a as a business have done very well in lockdown um the um they're thinking about like just not having people in the office anymore to save money yeah. um which it makes sense and yeah, yeah um kim works in a reception at nhs so she's 
on the front line Listen. taking yeah. coffers. <clears throat> but yeah, we're, we're all good. <laughs> yeah, we're I remember all... you coughed after you said that. <laughs> yeah, taking coffers. <clears throat> not me, I'm not one. <laughs> no, no, no. I hope not. I think I might have died if I had COVID. Really? Yeah, I think so. I just don't deal with illness very well, so I think I probably would be dead. Um, really? What, yeah. what, what are the signs where you've not dealt with illness for? I don't deal with, like, um, like if I get a cold or a flu, like it, it, oh, ca- it, just... it catches me. Right. It, it, it takes me for you a ride. You don't catch it. No. You don't it, catch the flu. It, the flu catches you. The flu catches it me. It takes you for a ride. It takes me, it takes me home. Uh, <laughs> Uh, how have uh, have you found not, not a gig in? It's been kind of yeah, it's not been cool, man. Because I was, um, bef- just before this started, I'd had not a break, but I'd just been doing it less frequently, and then I started to do it way more and and, and feel some like the plateau that I was at. I felt my skill set and like the jokes and stuff working better, and I was getting more gigs and getting more momentum. And then just as I was just starting to get that this happened and, and, and it's, there's been no gigs but oh, and we were also supposed to me and my flatmate Ben who have done like some sketches with and stuff that you can look for online if, you, if you're interested listeners um, well we were supposed to have a comedy night in Manchester and it was supposed to start on the weekend that lockdown began so um, we, we went in for a, a, like a meeting recently and it, which we, we had it booked for July the 14th I think it was yeah so that would have been like what five days ago, and um, and then they were like, "Oh no, you can't do that. No, you can't have any gigs." Even though I went in a bar recently, and when I'm sat around, I'm like, "This is exactly what it would be like <laughs> being a stand-up club." And even probably like, they would probably be even more precautious than this from what they're doing now. Plus, there would be all there would the only difference would be there would be a guy at the front telling jokes, facing everyone, and it just makes no difference. So I don't get why they're not doing it. Well, yeah, it's the first, so they're going to start opening things like that. So hopefully, stand-ups included in it, and we can start this night again. That'd be good. I mean, I still, I find it amazing that you've got the sort of balls to do it. I could just never work up the the fucking balls. <laughs> the fucking balls on this guy. Huh? He's got fucking <laughs> giant balls. <laughs> what is, is that a, uh, is it spider when he shoots spider <laughs> oh yeah good the fellas that's right good fe- hey yeah, spider yeah. the kid's got balls yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's a that's line in the Sopranos that I'm quoting recently as well because uh, I try to rewatch it every year and the, the line is this guy's got balls bigger than Irish broad's ass <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Irish broad's had um Irish women apparently have gigantic asses, yeah. What did you say to me? You said, How have I've you got had... the balls? Right, have I got the fucking motor? <laughs> the fucking balls. Well, well uh, the, whenever people ask me that, like, oh, is it not scary? Oh, you must be brave. I'm like, not really brave. To me, it seems like I've, I've been, I've had a lot of things in my life that are quite embarrassing happen to me. And also, um, we won't go into this a lot because whenever I have to bring this up, I feel like I don't like to get into it, but I went in the army at one point when I was 17 and didn't get through the military training part of it because I got injured. But after that kind of thing has happened where I'm getting screamed in my face, I'm having to do like mad shit. Um, that is just like killer man, like scary and like not killer man, <laughs> <laughs> but, but like stuff where it's like, 
really testing your will and like yeah just, yeah um and then also do like my job as a swimming teacher so i'm stood in front of classes with kids or even adults or kids and then the parents are all watching as well as i'm teaching a class um i thought that like i think that's probably what what goes towards me not being too scared of doing it on stage or just not thinking that it's a, a massive deal to go up in front of people like the, the bigger the gig like say if it's 200 300 people now i'm like it's better this because it's, uh, yeah um, i mean it, 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 yeah i think like i wouldn't have a problem going on like if there was 2000 people because i oh, feel yeah. like the majority like if you've got 70 percent of 2000 people laughing they're gonna drown yes, out so the other people. people whereas if there's so, like five people in there and one guy's shouting at you your mum's a cunt your mum's a cunt I sucked your dad off last night or something. I'd be like, I, I, once, really, I just, well, I can't handle this. I'm just gonna. I once got heckled. Uh, the only heckle I can remember, really, a proper one, was um, the only time I've ever done the comedy store in Manchester. Good venue, was, that as well. Yeah, exactly. So, and I've been there before and watched comedians and be like, this is amazing. And um, I went there to do King Gong, which is like the. The, yeah, the, like you, 10 minutes to beat the yeah, guy. No, you're five minutes. It's five, five minutes. And uh, if you don't, uh, if people don't like you, they hold up a card. There's three cards given out to three different tables in the crowd or two different groups. Pardon me. And then if you don't like it, then they hold the cards. And if all three cards go up, you get gonged off the stage and you have to leave the stage. And it's the same as Frog and Bucket, which I've done like nine times. Beat the uh, through that quite a lot of time, beating the frog and stuff. But the comedy store, the first time I ever did that, um, it's maybe say like my 30th gig. So really, really early, like, like in doing it, this was like 2017 and I'm, I'm there, I'm looking at the stage and it has a big logo and it's like a giant, it's like a theater, but there's, there's about, I'd say about 150 people there. And I was like, this is amazing. This is like doing it. I'm actually doing the comedy store. This is yeah, awesome. it's like, a, it's a deceptively intimate venue, the comedy store, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But it's actually giant. So it felt, <clears throat> big crowd it felt like a big deal it felt more like one of the real nights rather than these open mic nights that i've been going to and stuff uh, apart from vlog and bucket it felt like like the higher stakes and then i got up and and everyone knows if you ask any of the communities like on the open mic scene in manchester um what one of the most ruthless nights is it's that because the audience like get off on like like sticking the cards up at any opportunity there was once a guy who was walking on and then the, the 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 audience had got so trigger happy with the cards that as soon as he walked on stage and got to the mic, that they all burst out laughing and just held all the cards up before the guy even got a chance That's to. Brutal, brutal man, right? So I go up there and I do this joke um, that I don't do anymore, and it's basically about me getting to stand up. And because I was at my um, the real the, the place, I realised I could do it was at my sister's wedding. Um, I, I took on the role of father of the bride because my dad was busy that day being a pile of ashes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, and I took all the, the, the father of the bride responsibilities. I walked her down the aisle. I did a speech really well. And I, I took my role so seriously, I actually fucked my own mum that night. <laughs> uh, right, and that to me right at the beginning was like, oh, it's just a shock humor kind of joke. And it's, it's, oh, it, uh, until the very last line it's all true until that really crucial part it's obviously the, the, the deception like it's such a good gag as well because like, you just don't know where it's going either you don't know yeah. that um you don't know that, yeah incest man incest right. yeah exactly and that's gone really well sometimes but 
at this particular, particular gig <clears throat> at the comedy store, big high stakes. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. I say that, and I'm like expecting the, the crowd to be like, ooh, ho, ho, ho. And then there was just dead silence, and some people were like, what? Like, I thought, thought it was, who would think that's true? I know, I know. <laughs> like, well, or just more like, why is he saying that? Like, just, Poppy, why did you bring us here? <laughs> just stuff like that. Um, and then this, and then I panicked, and I had this joke about my, you know, Nick, Nick's cat. And I don't, this was supposed to be later on in the set, but it was about how uh, I don't use any of these jokes anymore because I don't even like them, but, so that's why I'm just telling you them. Um, these are free, listener. These are free. Yeah, exactly. You, you, want, the, them if you, you want. want the real stuff, you need to go to the same Sutton podcast. Exactly. Um, but um, the, the next joke I was trying to move on with after that like shocking opener was um, my mate has a cat and they call it Shitler because um, at the front of its, on, on its lip, on its top lip, just like off, off center, there's like a little Hitler type black patch that's like a, a mustache like a hitler mustache and they call it shitler because they thought it'd be funny it's like oh it's like shit hitler mustache shitler and they just called it shitler all the time and then when they took it to the vets his mum panicked when they went what's his name she was like oh, i want to call it shitler so they went, what's its name she went hitler <laughs> <laughs> so before i got a chance to say that i went so my mate has his cat right and and then this guy over on the side went did you fuck your cat too <laughs> In reference to the to the first joke about my about the father of the bride speech, and I, I and I was just like I had I didn't I had no idea what to do I didn't know how to reply to that I'd only been doing I'd never been heckled before, <clears throat> and I'm just like do you just laugh along and then try and move on, so I just tried to do that and then people were just laughing and talking amongst themselves and all the cars just up immediately, and it was just that was brutal man I've never been back to the comedy store since I'm just oh. really terrifying I've been done every other gig multiple times that you can do in Manchester that, like um, and even if I've had a bad gig and bombed badly I've gone back and it's been hopefully better or I've bombed again and then gone it's been better whatever but the comedy store just terrified me I've not done it since but I will do I mean you should have said it it wasn't my cat it was my mate's cat were you not listening like Exactly. Well, I didn't fuck even my, it wasn't my. I don't fuck my own cat. It's just I fuck my mother, not a cat, not an <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually um after that, I remember wanting to retell that story and um getting to that point and like and going, uh, I wish I would have said or like, and then I said to him, and it was something like, um yeah, you were there. You 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 videotaped it or whatever. You were filming it or what? Like just all these answers I could have like just all these different, like whenever he says it, but obviously that didn't happen. And I just wish I would have, like, that's what will happen. It's something like that um, will kind of ruin the set and ruin your night. And then on the way home, you're going, I should have said that. Yeah. yeah. Kind of in the buzz window <laughs> at your reflection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going mad. Start this buzz. I need to go back. <laughs> I need to find that guy. <laughs> Reverse, turn this buzz around. Just walking around Manchester shouting, cat guy. <laughs> Where is it? That guy. <laughs> Where is he? Going to the comedy store and asking for a full list of entrants and their address, <laughs> so you could send him a note. <laughs> well, these days you could do that with with coronavirus. When you go in a place, of like, can I take your name and address? And what I do is to go, "Will you just sign this when you go out?" And I go, "Yeah, sure." And then I write Les Dennis, and I just put zero one two three four five six seven eight nine, whatever. My brother likes to use Peter File. As uh, file, nice, nice. It's an it crowd. Uh, that, 
a good one is um, Noah Way. And I use emails, like say if it goes, oh, just sign up with your email to use the Wi-Fi of this place. I'll put Noah Way, are you like at gmx.com. And like the password will be like, Noah Way, you have my email and all this shit. Noah I reckon way. there is a Noah Way that's getting bombarded at your yeah. <laughs> that email. And what I hope so. <laughs> He's getting all my tram tickets, my, my tram, <laughs> like when I've, when I've dodged the tram phone. <laughs> have, you, have you done a text door neighbour? Text or neighbor, yeah. So, what you do is you take your phone number and then the last number you either go up or go down and just text them and just say, Hi, we're text or neighbors. Mine are ignorant. Right. Okay, I've tried it two try or it. three times and they never respond. Nice, I'm gonna try it now. Try it, try it now. Uh, in the meantime, um, tell me about your plans for this podcast. Like, do you have guests in mind? Is it friends? Is it just anyone? Um, so far, it's been you, uh, just you. Uh, Peter's been on. Uh, me and Peter yeah. are re-watching Game of Thrones on the episodes that he's on. Oh, nice. He doesn't like it, but, you know, James of Thrones works well as a, a segment title. Mm, mm. Um, Game of Thrones. James <laughs> of Thrones, yeah. It's got its own little intro as well, which... Um, I think I only like it because of the intro music, to be honest. It's fun to listen yeah. to that every week when I edit it. Tits and dragons, tits and dragons. <laughs> we, yeah, the first, yeah, we discussed it on, on the first, so we've done the first three episodes. There's a lot of tits in the first series. A yeah. lot of um, Amelia Clark's baps are out quite a lot. True, true. Uh, what, some of them are CGI baps. No, for the first series, they're the real, but then later on, CGI baps. Yeah, which I feel like. Um, I always feel that's weird. Like, you've already got them out. What you, what's your, not, I mean, obviously, like, this maybe is, they changed. Maybe this is okay. It's just me as a man. So, what's wrong with getting <laughs> your tits out? <laughs> Why yeah. can't you do that every week? So, I get, no, I, I get that it's, it's her body and she's allowed to do with it what she wants. But you've already done yeah. it, so yeah. You no, know, the logical part of you is going. <laughs> if a man had got his penis out, then why not just get it out again? But they might have changed something like that. And also, what what I liked about I don't know why they would have changed. <laughs> it's what I know. It's just kids. But basically, what I was going to say maybe it's just a nipple piercing or a tattoo, and you can't use them anymore. They're not medieval enough. Well, she did. I think it was in her contract. Like her contract was, I'm not getting them out anymore. And I, um, I, I take that, you know, it's a, a stand for female empowerment. However, what you've then done is put it upon some random stranger to get her knockers out. And we've then got to just go, these are not Amelia Clark's tits, but these are pretending to be Amelia Clark's tits. So it's not really female empowerment because she's just forced it upon some poor person, I guess. Yeah. But so, also what I know about being grown up, a bit more grown up now is that whenever you have a thought like that, like, why wouldn't, she just get them out again. That you then immediately will have a thought like, oh, who am I just <laughs> to get the tits out? I have that a lot. Another thought that I have that made me feel more grown up recently is sometimes I'll see a pretty woman and she'll have like a her a nice way, some plaits. And I go like, oh, a her's nice. And I don't just, I'm not like 17 going, look at them tits. <laughs> she got a nice it's ass. More like, That's a lovely dress that she has on. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, oh, I must be growing up. Uh, or turning gay. 
It could be one yeah, or the other. Possibly, possibly. But time. <laughs> I've already it's turned a, to have you hey, know. It's, it's a spectrum, man. <laughs> it's all a spectrum. Uh, yeah, I did an argument uh, at my old work about that. <clears throat> about, like, it's a, like sexuality is a spectrum. And I, I shouldn't have gone down the road, really, because I was talking to a caveman. Um, and they were like, oh, no, you never catch me ever doing nothing like that, mate. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're just not going to have this conversation. But yeah, no, I, yes, you know, sexuality for me is also on a spectrum. Yeah, I think so. I think most things, apart from like a disease or something like that. It's never rigid, is it? It's never like yeah, black it's like, or white. So autism, OCD, uh, ADHD, like personality type disorders, cleanliness, yeah, cleanliness, <laughs> sexuality, um, yeah, not race. That's a def- definite one. Uh, well, yeah, well, I don't know. I feel, I, I, I feel like I'm on a spectrum for my race. I really oh, don't. Really? I don't go I'm down this. Very careful. <laughs> <laughs> very careful going uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna go down. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I'm going to offend people, so I'm going to stop. Uh, yeah, so I've had uh, I've had Peter on. Um, I've had uh, mm. my mate on John from work. Get him on to to, to talk about um, <laughs> John from work. John from work. Is that what you got him on as John from work? I really started. should just have him as John from work. Yeah, we talk about soccer. Soccer? Oh my god, soccer! Uh, yeah, we're go- we're going to do one tomorrow. Uh, I've been he's... getting into football a bit more recently. I haven't done for about ten years. When you text me saying that someone was coming round to watch the football, I was like, I don't know if I've, I don't know if this is Sutton. Like, what's going no, on? Have I got the wrong number? <clears throat> but um, after playing FIFA a little bit, uh, I was, I, I got reinterested in the world of football and then started watching it and appreciating the beautiful game. It's beautiful. So, it is beautiful. So, it's like the moment. <clears throat> so. What I'm enjoying about it at the moment is when I watch these games is. <clears throat> Let me just clear my throat here. Let me just clear my throat. Um, we love a bit of dead air and the sound of me going. <laughs> um, <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, what I enjoy about it is when I watched it, when I was into it as a kid, it was like Beckham and Scholes and Owen and Shearer and all these characters, Emil Heskey and all those guys. <laughs> then... There was no like video referee because that was rugby. I remember everyone being like, why don't they use video referee in football and all this stuff and like certain things where you're like, oh, that would make more sense if they did that. Whereas when I watch it recently, it's this mad futuristic version where they've got like the video referee and they've got these weird, even all the playbacks are weird. And uh, like the fact that there's no one in the stands at the moment. And yeah. There's a guy, there's a guy up there watching the game and every time a player is substituted off, he presses clap button and then there's the sound of people clapping going, good job, pal. And then whenever they score, he like, oh, and he presses the ah button. And then sometimes it like deflects or hits the post and it goes, oh, <laughs> you can see him like panic changing the buttons for there, it. There is a noticeable delay on the. So do you watch it with the crowd sound effects on? That's an option to not have that on. Well, all yeah. I'm doing wait, are you watching it on an actual TV? Hang on. I'm just like, <laughs> are you watching it illegally? <laughs> I'm watching it illegally. Allegedly. That's right, everyone. <laughs> uh, uh, no, not allegedly. Illegally. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> okay, allegedly. No, I'm, I'm watching it on. I, I have. I, I watch it legitimately. 
Um, no, no, no. What I mean is that uh, me and my friends get a crane and watch it above the ground. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty close to it in Manchester here. Um, yes. Is that uh, illegal? You can watch it if you've got um, certain <clears throat> channels. You can watch it without the crowd noise. No way. Makes, makes for interest. You can just hear the players swearing more. Yeah, that's um, what You can just hear them going, fuck off, ref. Let us play football, uh, mate. You're like, what well, you are. <laughs> you're not fucking playing cricket, are you? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I prefer it with the crowd yeah. noise off. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, there is just what? a... Uh, you're right, there is probably just there's a guy going, oh, shit. Yeah, whoops, oh, I got that one. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> and then you have water breaks now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm like, fair enough. Everyone needs some water. Hydrated <laughs> <laughs> yeah. people. Uh, yeah. Especially yeah. footballers. Well, yeah, these are £300,000 a week investments. You don't want them to get dehydrated, do you? Exactly. Do, do you think that this is a guy who like, barely knows anything about football and has, has even had a joke in my set about not liking football? Had a whole thing where I do this fake chant and stuff. You can find that on my YouTube page. Uh, but um, really, just plugging myself loads here. <laughs> Fine, I'm legitimate. He called me a, a, a stand-up superstar, so I, I feel did. like I have to at least live up to the stand-up part. I did, uh, yeah. yeah um, and then uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So now coming back into it, I'm like, it's it's just an outsider's view of it, and I wonder about when I see um, so like Harry Kane. <laughs> Harry Kane, and, the greengrocer and, himself. Yeah, okay. And um, name a Leicester player. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy. I think it might have been these two guys in the actual. So there's this the, the scuffling. And then Jamie, Jamie Vardy's hand goes up to Harry Kane's face and just kind of brushes it lightly or just gives it a slight tap. The, the, the t- kind of tap that if your wife or girlfriend just went, listen to me. You wouldn't be like, oh, abuse. You'd be like, mm, I deserve that. I was, no, uh, I wouldn't. I'd be uh, 100%. Wake up, pal. Wake up. Yeah. Were well, you breaking up there, pal? Yeah, no. Did, did you... Sorry. Yeah, no, there was some internet issues. Carry on. So Jamie Vardy slaps okay. Harry Kane in the face. Yeah, Harry Kane in the face. And then Harry Kane, like, jumps out of the air, covering his face. Ah! lands on the ground and starts rolling around and that happens every time there's some sort of thing the whole diving thing but I've started watching it going is it because it, it's not for the audience it's not for the people watching at home going like oh you really hit him or whatever it, it's not for people who are saying oh stop diving and stuff it's just the referee notices you when you've yeah, been yeah. in your past yeah, it, it, it's like a child drawing on your walls <laughs> just screaming give me attention yeah is that yes. helping a lot in your household and uh, yeah 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 George did a rate number on um, so we didn't we had an extension um, I did not think you said the word rates then he did a rate number on the wall so, uh, wow what kind of drawing <laughs> is that for a child <laughs> um, rapes we said yeah um uh, we had the, like their bedroom extended, nice big bedroom, fresh mm. paint, pre- fresh paint, not old paint. Obviously, <laughs> you put fresh paint on, and uh, yeah, within like uh, two to three weeks, he'd like draw, like drawn, like this, drawing wow. all over it. Yeah, and I think that's like a, it's been a hard week, and he wants some attention, kind of thing. No, I think he was just bored because okay. he's that sort of child. But do you remember doing stuff like that as a kid? I remember. 
Um, do you know when, I guess it doesn't happen for kids now, but remember when we have wallpaper and the bottom wallpaper is like that bumpy, like off-white cream color. And then the middle one, there's a banner that goes around and it's some sort of pattern. Yeah. Hopefully flowers, because then when your mates come around, you take a piss, ah, you've got flowers in the wallpaper. And then, and then there's the top one that's usually like the space or something like that. If you've got cool parents who let you have cool shit. And I was kind of Toy Story style a bit for a while, like the clouds. But what I would do is just pick away at that banner, just pull different bits off it, like try and even pull out like a, a, the shape of a T-Rex and like rip it off. And I just do shit like that. And I was just, it's like creative destruction. It's yeah. Creative yeah. little chaos. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You yeah, I am. I drew on um, my great grandma's freshly wallpapered face. <laughs> yeah, drew a mustache. She was a mustache. Yeah, it was, like, it, was the, it was in the funeral home. <laughs> I could be an undertaker, mother. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, and grandma's like, "This is my funeral business." All right, get out. <laughs> I just drew. A, I just drew a Hitler mustache, but it was slightly off-centered. Slightly off. I like it. Call back. <laughs> Uh, yeah. My grandma. <laughs> <laughs> in the, in the <laughs> eulogy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I drew all, I drew on her um, wallpaper, <clears throat> just because. Yeah, why not? Yeah. yeah, it's just what kids do, isn't it? Like you just give them a pen and they go, "Oh, that wall looks like paper." Yeah. But yeah, that's. I used to have an obsession with writing stuff, messages underneath drawers. So you pull out a drawer, but underneath it, if you were to check the I've written like uh, Johnny's pubes. <laughs> oh my yeah. God! What? What is Johnny's pubes? John, John, what? John is that? It's just pubes. <laughs> the way I describe it, that's some of them one word: pubes. Pubes. <laughs> just a bristly, thick, wiry mess of a man. <laughs> Unshaved pubes. Always got crabs. That lad. He's always been to the seafood market. He just loves cradling balls and keeping them warm. <laughs> Buried beneath him is two testicles. Um, just a dick. He's just a dick under wiry hair. <laughs> I remember. That reminds me of uh, when Pete said he. Um, Nicky Barton's sister showed him a picture of Chris Darby's penis. Okay. <laughs> and, he, and he described it as like a little sort of, a, a little mole just peeking through a thick nest of pubes. Oh no, we're getting him in trouble now. Although I've also heard that um, he's got a dick that, that's um, comparable to scale uh, to the Great Wall of China. If China was his leg, his penis is the great wall of his leg. Chris Darby's got the uh, a, a great penis, wall. You got a penis He's got the great penis space. of leg. <laughs> you can see it from space. From space, yes, from space. But re- that's relative to a human. So by space, I mean like a hundred meters away. You can still see that. If I was doing some roofing work on his house, yes, I'd be able to down, see it nestled see it in between his thighs. Exactly. Amongst that pubis, we are good, really good lad, Darby. Big description here. Get it, son. <laughs> We're making naughty rumors about our. Well, you know, is it a rumor if it's true? I d- I've never seen it, so I don't know. Um, well, have you? Do you support a football team? Have you like gone in and gone? I, I support 
Oh no! Well, when I was Aston a kid, Villa. <laughs> well, I have a jacket that um, I have a coat, and it looks like I'm a I'm the coach at West Ham. So I feel like I should just go into it. Fucking yeah, slay! Yeah. Come on, come on, lad! Bring it in, bring it in. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I swear, Liverpool as a kid. Uh, and then oh, I, I see. Now we're back. Oh, yeah, I'm back into football again now, mate. Looking, loving oh, it. Oh, right, yeah, I guess that's how it looks, yeah. <laughs> but to be honest, I'm just like not even watching. I'm just any game that any of my friends have on, I'm like going, oh, yeah, football. I remember him from FIFA. I remember <laughs> FIFA. That's literally what it is. It's just a tourist. I'm not definitely not, by no means into football. I'm like just stumbling in at 10 years out of the game, being like, what's this like now? Yeah, it's how are they doing now? Everyone's like, really? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I went away for a little while and now I'm back again. Listen, I'll find pictures of me as a kid with a Liverpool shirt on, all right? Do you know how that would have come around, though? Why I would have been a Liverpool supporter? It's either the fact that I, I, I like I, I liked that Michael Owen was like a 17-year-old kid on, on the England team. Yeah. And in my head, I was like a nine-year-old who's going to be the 10-year-old, <laughs> the first 10-year-old. If he can do it, team. I can do it. Yeah, exactly. I can do it seven years younger <laughs> than him or whatever. And that, so that was this obsession that I had. But that, and then he played for Liverpool and I was like, direct that way. But I think the reality of it is my cousins used to send me bin bags full of clothes. <laughs> just thought you were going like to send me downs. I thought you were just going to say they just used to send you bin bags. As like they just send me bin bags. And I thought this reminds me of Liverpool. Um, <laughs> this it's just a big shit. pile of garbage. <laughs> um, but no, uh, so they sent me bin bags full of old clothes uh, that were like hand me downs, and um, they, they, I'd often have last year's Liverpool kit. So I, I guess at what some age I just went like, all right, well that's who I support then. Yeah, it's weird being a kid. Liverpool. Hmm? It's it's weird being a kid in like a football because like I support Middlesbrough as my dad does, oh, yeah. and I, I feel like that's just a form of punishment. To be honest, they just bring on this like. Is he from Middlesbrough? Though? Uh, yeah, there or thereabouts. Like my granddad's a Middlesbrough fan, and. And so on and so forth through all of the years. Um, yeah, true. My yeah, dad was um, was a United supporter, and then I claimed one day that I was a Liverpool supporter, and that, maybe that's why he drank himself to death. <laughs> that's a very good. I've, I've just had a breakthrough right now. Maybe when I went, oh. there's other ways to amend that. Just taking you to a football game with United would have fixed that. Like alcoholism isn't the the be all and end all of it. True. The tragic story is that the last time I saw him, he said to me, I'm going to take you to Anfield and Old Trafford. And then he just went and just died instead. Right, oh, let's take no. a better uh, uh, part of the story. <laughs> talking about football. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I was saying, I have a football <laughs> podcast. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, you have a football podcast. Yeah, right. with my mate John from work. If you're listening, Oh, yeah, John, John from work. John from work. Get re- that's um, his surname. It's not from work. His surname's just from work. From work. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's Dutch. It's, it's, yeah, it's Dutch. Yeah, he is Dutch. From work. Is he Dutch? No, yeah. <laughs> um, no he's not Dutch. Um, he's a very... I'm not going to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, John. Speaking of Dutch, I have a funny story about when I went to the barbers recently. Was he a Dutch barber? No. I'll tell you what the story was, right? So I've had long hair for a little while. And then I shaved it off during lockdown before I realized that that was the trend because I didn't have social media and people were like, and yeah, yeah, I am saying that I did it. <laughs> I did it like Britney Spears 2004 meltdown style, like, you know I, what? <laughs> Who needs her anymore? Shaving it off. I invented and, the um, word mint 
That's what I did. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm that guy right now. Um, and then as it starts to grow back, it's just all grown out on even. So I was like, right, now that barbers are open, I've got a bit of money, I'm going to go and get my hair cut. So I go there, and I've got a bigger beard at the time as well, and it's all unkempt kind of this side. Oh, and you, no one can see this. Like, just kind of short, kind of out from a, from a shaved head kind of messy I like, style. I feel like I should do, like, the audio descriptions that you get on the BBC. Where it's like... <laughs> Phil was touching his head. He demonstrated a very large beard. And then touched his head again. He's now scratching his balls. Um, yeah, so why is he scratching his balls? Um, I can't see I was that. Like, right. And when I shaved it as well, I uh, realized that I was like, maybe it's thinning a bit. I am 29 now. Maybe after having long coverages, maybe I'm just going all of a sudden shit. So I go to Bowers and I've already had this suspicion. And I was like, well, you saw it for me, pal. And he, he was like, yeah. And I went, well, basically, he went, what do you want to do? And I went, well, basically, I think. It's thinning now, so can we cut it to like not accentuate that? Like, let's take the side, <laughs> make it, make it, make the sides real short, and like, like I can glue some hair to your head if you want me to do. Well, that. I was going like thin out the thick parts <laughs> so they all looks one, yeah. like slightly because I've always had very thick hair. So now I'm just like, oh, I've just been a guy who kind of just doesn't have thick hair. Mm. Honestly, a anyway, normal guy. Way overthinking it, uh, thinking it right. So anyway. And then he's looking at my, my head and I went, so you think, what would you say? Yeah, that's probably the best way. Like, I, I probably am thinning right. Anyway, I'm not going mate. Yeah, you are thinning a little bit. It's just going, it's only a little bit though. And he went, yeah, but you are like, uh, what, like 30? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, 29. And he said, oh, shit. <laughs> when I said 29, he went, oh, shit. And I was like, what does that mean? Does he mean, oh, shit, I've guessed his age wrong. I'm like, oh, shit. You're 29. Damn, man. So, oh, yeah. And then the Dutch part of it was that later on, he's talking to me for ages and he goes, so where have you moved from? Like, to come to Salford, like, come to Manchester. Like, oh, um, like, Atherton, like, near Bolton, Wigan. Area. And he went, oh, right, but where, like, where were you from originally? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, where's your family from? Like, what was your accent? I am not an immigrant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was Cyprian, so it's kind of okay that he was asking me this. Like, if it would have just been another white I mean, guy. it's not okay, but all right. <laughs> well, no, I think that is an okay question. If you hear accent in someone's voice, I think it is okay to go, where were you from? No, but, like, you don't have an accent like you're from another country. And I well, would... he was like, I heard, uh, like, like, when I said, oh, just from there, mate, from, I'm English. And then he went, oh, I, th- I thought you were, like, Dutch. <laughs> What? <laughs> I'm definitely not Dutch, pal. <laughs> you don't even look Dutch. You know? go, she said, yeah, for sure, totally. I'm from, totally from Dutch, yes. <laughs> I was like, I've smoked a lot of weed today. Is that why you thought? <laughs> yeah, is I he just... with a prostitute before. <laughs> she, she <laughs> I'm just doing me. the worst stereotypes of Dutch people. Is it because I'm wearing clogs? <laughs> It's because of so sales. Life, I live in a windmill. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Just because I'm trying to pay you in tulips doesn't mean that I'm Dutch. <laughs> For sure, yes, I'm totally from Deutschland. <laughs> that's Deutschland. <laughs> yeah, but they wouldn't say that, would they? They. 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 They is, they is the cat's mother. So is, is that where you're living now, Salford? Salford, yeah. What about Salford. in Salford? The specific street and postcode, if you will. I shall not. Um, Where about? Uh, I tell you what. I um, 
Name not... some near landmarks. All right, I'm not too far from Peel Park, right, right near Salford Union. Not too far from that. Oh, that side of Salford, yeah. Mm. Yeah, around that area. Not like the cool Salford Keys area. More like the, the like Salford. Like that part. But I, I, I much prefer it to Charlton where I was living before. Because Charlton's less, very like... Less hipsters. Mm. <sighs> yeah. Why are you doing that? Like, just everywhere. What were you doing that they made you do that? No, I wasn't doing that. <laughs> they were doing that. Um, oh, right, doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were just, I don't know, I'm really just generalizing here, but um, I felt like the, when I'm in Manchester, now that I'm into Manchester, in comparison to what I thought I wanted, getting out of Atherton and away from a certain mentality to open my horizons, and <laughs> that's a bad mentality. I'm just saying that I wanted a different perspective, and I've done that by traveling, living, away, uh, living abroad for a little while, but Within England, I wanted to get into a more cultured place and follow stand up there. So the, the thinking behind that was when I arrive, I'm going to like meet new people and it's going to be a different perspective and stuff. But then I found that in the two places I've lived in Manchester, both Charlton, very, very hipster, like um, lefty, liberal, um, that kind of attitude compared to Salford, which is very close in a lot of the people I encounter to people in Atherton and Hagfold. I much prefer the, the people who are more like the people I can't, where I grew up with, the people who are just more blunt with you, who when you're walking out of a sh- the, the news agents, some lady would just shout, do they sell grinders in there? And I'm like, yeah, I spotted them because I've just moved here and I wanted to see what that shop had. And she's like, oh yeah, where, where, where are you moving from? And I was like, oh, and you're other And she's like, ah, I lived in Chelsea, me, no way. And I'm like, I used to teach at Chelsea, but she's like, no way. And in Chelsea, it never, that would have never happened. It would have been, like, I'd even be walking, strolling through the park and smile at someone. And I'm just like, oh, this is no good. My mother is calling me live on the podcast. Oh, that'd be good. What I'll do is, I'll, I'll tell her that um, I'll, I'll call her later. Should I use one of these, like, can't stop now, what's up? Oh, I'll I don't, call you right back. I don't like them. Uh, Peter tells you before, <clears throat> uh, asking... Uh, if I sorted anything for the pod, and I said, "Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got something on my live right now," he wants. Mm. A, he texts me back saying, "Do a freestyle battle, you pussies." Oh no! Which is not going to happen. No, he wouldn't do that if he was on it now. I think he would. You think he would? Yeah. That's why he is different to us. He's <laughs> a nerd. Uh, yeah, no words. See, <laughs> so I'm seeing. I'm doing it now. I'm not doing it. I'm not getting suckered in. I'm not doing it either. I haven't freestyle battled since, um, well, I say battled. We never really battled since we just used to get mm-hmm. high, in, high in Peter's bedroom. I'm just like trying to sound like the rappers that we enjoyed. Yeah. I read it both of us, though. No, I, 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 don't, I, I, I feel like I could just cover it up. <laughs> I'm really bad at taking that compliment. I don't take compliments very well. It's one of the reasons why like, I feel like I could never do stand-up because people would praise me and I'd just go... <laughs> <laughs> I think they probably would. And I'd, I'd, just go, and then I'd, I'd just go, oh, no, I wasn't really that good. But then when people go, you shit, I'd go, yeah, I really am. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking about yeah. because of it. I can't do it anymore. I don't and to be honest, very well. people will be polite when you've not done good. That's even worse. I'd rather just be told. And I don't like that. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. someone go. Like the, the best people to come off stage uh, and hang out with are the people when you come off, they go, Jesus, man, what was that? Like, <laughs> like, hey, do you know that the performance? That was shit. Like, I should be like that about it. It's way better. I think 
there's just like me and Peter were talking about the other week, man. Like with stand-up comedians, like you are gonna fail a million times. Oh yeah. And you have to just accept that and just go, yeah, that's fine. And I don't know if I could True. ever just accept that. I would. What I want for me to be a stand-up comedian is to get a TV gig right now. Mm. And uh, everybody just laugh at everything that I say and no one ever boo me off stage. Yeah, well, I think that um, if you would, if, say if you were interested in it, you were, sorry that my phone keeps going off. No, it's all right. It's um, very unprofessional. Uh, if, yeah, if you were like, I want to go and do stand-up and then you decided to do it, if you went and did it and it went well the first time, as soon as you, like mine, my first one went, went well. So once I'd gotten that feeling of a, like a hundred plus people in a room validating the, the silly things you thought of at home and you actually are already uh, really interested in, in stand up and you, it's something you've already thought you could imagine yourself doing, then as soon as that happens, you go, okay, I want to do this again. And then even if the next five gigs are bad, you know that you've got that feeling. Mm. And there's even some people who will go, it'll go badly. And then they'll go, yeah, I still want to do this. Like the feeling of doing it was exhilarating. It's something I enjoy doing. I, I imagine myself up there going, one day I could be proficient at this and getting laughs. And then you just want to do it. But when people go to me, I can't understand how you would do that because that, you know, I know you're not saying this, but some people like that would be the worst nightmare to me ever, all this stuff. Like, yeah, because that's that's you don't want to do that. Yeah, like, yeah. Could you, could you do a bungee jump? I, I could. I I could do could one. You? Yeah, you could do one, right? I don't know I, if I want to do one. I definitely don't want to do one. So, if someone was like, "Oh, I could never do stand up," and then I would, I'd be like, "Yeah, I could never do a bungee jump because I don't want to." You could do stand up because you don't want to. You yeah, could, yeah, it's a very good way of thinking about I mean, it. You definitely yeah. could do stand-up. You could get up on stage and try and tell jokes. And if you're at least even a bit funny, you might get better at it by practicing gig, gig after gig for years. You'll probably get better at it if you care about it. But if you just don't care, then it's, they make no sense to it. It seems like an unnecessarily terrifying thing just yeah. to me. A of well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm talking about this with Peter on the pod the other week, actually. Like, I always wanted to be a stand-up comedian, and my first sort of foray into it was doing, like, an improv course at Pendleton College, and yeah. I did it, and I nailed it, and I got a distinction, and I had people laughing, and that feeling of people laughing to what you're just essentially fucking around, because that's what it is, really, isn't it? You're just yeah, exactly. having to fuck around. That feeling mm. of people laughing at you is one of the greatest highs I've ever experienced. Yeah, man. Yeah, but I, I, I know I couldn't handle the rejection as well as other people. So the, the trade-off there isn't worth it for me. Well, to be honest, if I've had a bad gig, I've really gone home and I've taken it very, very personally. I've been on the bus home. Like, there have been gigs where I've gotten off the stage and looking back now, if someone showed me a video of that, I'd be like, oh, that was awful. And that'd be as much as the feeling I have to it. I'd go, ugh, that was bad. And then I'd just move on with my life. But in the moment, I would get off stage and go and sit down amongst the other comedians or amongst the crowd or my girlfriend at the time or a friend who's come with me. Like, you just have to go and sit with someone when it's clearly gone badly. And you just want the fucking ground to spoil. Yeah, like, yeah. If a, if if a, if a, if like a helicopter just flew in and only pick, if an eagle came in and picked me up now and just took me away, threw me in the river, 
great. That saved her <laughs> in the moment. But take but me. Within, yeah, exactly. It doesn't take long for you to kind of shake that off. Like the next day, you, you can be telling the story about how badly it went. Like I was telling you that story about that guy heckling me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that story like a funny memory. It's like it's funny to me, uh, but it's funny, Timmy. It's funny, to me. but it. Um, at the time, it was just like the end of the world for me. So it, people were like, I couldn't handle that. I'm like you could, you just it's if you want to do it again afterwards. Yeah, I, I'm also my uh, my. Uh, I, I don't think I, I don't think I could sit down and write a gag, like um, I would have to do like um, the thing that me and Peter were talking about with the Schwartz Middle Ditch and Schwartz. That would be my. Oh yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I do like that. Um, I've seen a few acts do like that improv kind of thing. To be honest, the um, the closest I've felt to doing improv kind of stuff is when I'm hosting a night. So I'm like the guy who has to start up and get the crowd get everybody warm up. warm up. Yeah, yeah, and then I introduce each act on and make sure the the energy is high. If if one act goes up and he doesn't do that well or she doesn't do that well, I'll have to like do jokes afterwards to get the crowd warm back up. There's also stuff like you go up uh, after a guy who's absolutely killed it and he's done amazing and shouldn't then start doing jokes. You should just keep right with that energy, keep that energy going for your next step and just move it on. Stuff like that where you're getting used to. The basics of it is keep the energy up in the room, make sure everyone's happy, include some people in it by talking to people, however you want to do it. But that's when I found that more improv because if you stick to your jokes, it's just kind of like, why are you even telling us this, mate? Get yeah, yeah, yeah. Or as if you engage in the crowd and get keeping up, oh, oh, they're excited for you to come back up because you're joking with them and, and being creative with them. And that's the closest I've ever felt to uh, when you start doing it, when you start doing comedy, you with your friends um, and be able to tell a story or be able to be witty or add a thing or even have little voices and characters that you do. And you think that will translate to the stage <laughs> But then when you sit and try and write jokes out, they come out in this, like, this is what a stand-up sounds like. Well, da, 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 and the, you, it has this rhythm to it. And then you go on stage and you're even more nervous trying to get out the way that you're trying to do. And maybe you, you sound like you're reading it. It's all, it all comes out badly. And what you're doing really is you're spending like five or 10 years. Like getting your act. Yeah, getting your act, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But it's, your act is, if you, Doing it right, I think, in my opinion, you're back to what you were before you even started doing comedy. Like you're getting back to how you were with your mates, but that's so hard to take on stage. So what you're doing over those 10 years is getting better at being the guy you were off stage, but now it's on stage. And it's like you were, like you were doing one sport and you're transferring to another sport and trying to use those skills in another place. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could do a solo pod. Um, mainly because of like, why would anyone want to listen to me talking for? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the reason that I thought that it would be okay to do it is because because I'm doing stand up. If anyone was interested in me as as another comedian like my set, even that, or even someone who has come to a gig and is a friend of another comedian or someone who might have just found my page on YouTube. If they want to see what I'm like comedically, then I get to improv on, on it a little bit and uh, and do that sort of thing. But I would understand why 
if you if you're using the podcast to be like have conversations with people why you would feel like insecure about doing one by yourself I, I get that but and I have that as well I feel like why is anyone going to want to listen to just me talking on my own but I try and get through I try and have like some subjects just keywords written out like going oh yeah talk about that and then because my mind works on it's not like a straight road to the to the point it's like just digressions uh, just all these different roads going all around to try and get to the point I end up just digressing and filling up the time with absolute rambling like I'm doing there I guess also you sort of answered that question there. It's like you really shouldn't have the mindset of why would anyone want to listen to this either? Because if they don't want to listen to it, they're not going to listen to it anyway. And you really shouldn't do stuff for other people. Like you shouldn't do your stand-up for other people. You should be true to you as a stand-up comedian. Yeah. You're right, shouldn't you? Yeah, it's like I guess you've got to – you have a responsibility to make sure it's entertaining. But it's got to be – but you can't be surprised if it doesn't please everyone. Yeah. Like, there's some stuff that I've done where I'm like, I think that's good. And I've had other people go, I enjoyed that. But I also know that there's, I couldn't imagine people in my head who I know who just would hate it. So, fuck them, man. Like, just fuck yeah, them. Exactly. But I do take it personally sometimes. I see a dislike on one of my videos and stuff like that. I just, even if eight people have messaged me to go, that, that podcast you did with Carl was really good. Like, you, he was really funny on I like the editing or whatever. I'm like, I liked how you kept the conversation going, blah, blah, blah. But then the one dislike from an anonymous person I don't know, that bothers me so much and it stays on my mind. Yeah, I guess that's, I mean, going off on a massive sort of rant against social media and why it's bad for your mental health and why you shouldn't shouldn't use it. I don't really feel like I'm on it. What what do you class as being on it? Because I think that's the question that people say is like, you know, are you on social media? Well, yes, I am, but I don't voice my opinion on there. Exactly. So I feel like if you have a reason to have, like Pete, for example, is a good example. Is a good example because he has his Instagram page is a marketing tool. Yeah, yeah. To, to sell his products, which is making videos and logos and graphics design and stuff like that. So it it, it would make sense for it to be on a media platform to show off all of it. It's like a just a portfolio of his work. And then I now look at it like that is when I go on it, I'm posting clips of stand up, funny sketches, or the podcast, and just posting stuff like that. In comparison to what I used to have it like, where I would be, I'd have lots of followers and I'd follow a lot of people who I know. And I'm just kind of like, it's like politics of it and the networking part of it where you have to, oh, well, that person always likes my photo. And then you go on their thing, you do that, and you're involved, and someone starts an argument on the post, and you're like, I'm going to weigh in on it as yeah. well. And it's like, none of that matters at all. And I realized that when I wasn't having it, when I didn't have it, because also I think that you compare your life to other people's lives or in your group of friends or people you grew up with or in your field of work when you have them on social media. And it's not even like a comparing, like there's, there's obviously the, the obvious one of being like, um, oh, they have it better than me or why do they get that? But it's also just, I don't want to know that personal thing about that person. Yeah, yeah. I don't want them to know the personal thing about me. Like, if someone, sometimes I don't like it when I've found out that, even when I didn't have social media, I found out that I'm on someone's Instagram story or something like that. And, like, Shit. you didn't mention that you'd done that. I maybe I didn't want to be on it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, just filming me and then putting it online. Like, 
I feel like you should, if you're going to do that, I, I get it when it's promoting a podcast, something like that. But if it was just you're out and you're having a laugh with your mates and someone just goes, <laughs> that's yeah, I, yeah, I, I like, I, I was like, I, it took me a few years to sort of um, see, I'm very good now at um, like putting, like, I have it, I don't really know why you have it. Like, I don't. I don't post anything on Facebook and on Twitter or Instagram unless it's related to the pod, mainly because, yeah. you know, fuck it, I want people to listen to this. Yeah. Um, but it took me years to sort of get into that thing of, actually, what people post on here is bollocks. It's just an act of, you know, look at me, world, look at how successful I am, and actually, that's just bollocks. And I think yeah. I think that took counselling to realise that, that it's a, a bit of a bullshit oh, wow. thing. And then... Like, secondly, the other day I was going through it and I saw someone put RIP X person on there. It's just like, it's like, it's such a fucking like, A, they can't see it. What the fuck are you talking about? Mm. They can't see that you're putting a tribute to them because they're dead. And also a tribute on Facebook. It's such a classless, it's a classless thing to do, isn't it? It's like, well, RIP X friend. Like, okay. Like, I, I, mean, I, know we, I know we all did it with like beef and stuff. Yeah, well, uh, to be honest, it depends what it is. So if it's like you've gone on his page to share things about the person and you're all sharing stories and it's a good way for you all to see that there and then. But posting your Facebook status as RIP grandma, you'll be missed. Yeah. It's all spelt wrong. It's like your grandma <laughs> lived for 80 years and like she didn't expect her eulogy to be those <laughs> six words that are all um, misspelled. On the internet. From her granddaughter, yeah, on the internet. And three people are going to see it and like it. And like, one oh my God, like, hon. DM me, babe. Like, Inbox that's going to be all me. it is. Inbox me, and then that's going to be the end of it. It's not like going to a funeral and you're all sharing the grief with each other. It's just like, everyone, everyone I'm grieving. Someone asked yeah. me to inbox yeah. them. I feel like there's a difference between like a year later going, oh, I miss you, mate type thing or, or like putting yeah. a picture of you and that person going like a year on you're missed like for me mm. it's that instant thing of like you found out someone's dead the first thing that you do is go to facebook and post about it yeah. like what, well, the what fuck is, is wrong it, with you man we, we what we've got is like now um, i didn't go tell it before where but kind of, i feel like our generation of people who the, the internet introduced to like we're the last generation that didn't have the internet just be in our lives when we grew up like 90s kids and stuff and um it was introduced to us later on, and as it's as some of the the negative effects of it, a lot of people my age, our age, are starting to understand. Oh, I don't know. I kind of want to stay off it a little bit, or I've deleted it for a long time, or whatever. You can control the use of it because they're not just completely clogged up in it. But I think a lot of people's attitude is something happens to them, and then they, then they immediately think, "How can I tell people that that happened to me?" Mm. Rather than so if it's someone dies, it's like the one of the first thought, first thoughts is how do I share it really good that that happened? Well, how is my cool? How like people when I see a really well thought out green post, it's got this certain picture of someone at, at the at a place that's like and they've set, they've done a selfie of it and they've written all this thing. I'm like, you you put so much thought into how you're going to tell you're going to make it about you. Yeah, it's all about that person, isn't it? Like, yeah. you've written RIP X because you want someone to press like, or you want yeah. someone to go, oh, are you okay? And actually, yeah. it's, well, I think, like, obviously, there's been studies, haven't there? Like, 
the, the like the like on a Facebook produces an like an endorphin rush that people yeah. just get addicted to having. The, 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 you know, well, the, yeah, they like yeah, You're just buzzing off that like. Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, but it's, what kind of like is it that you know? R.I.P. Granddad. Mm. Fuck your granddad fought in a well, I never know what to like, before the reactions thing. Do you do you like it? Do you love heart it? <laughs> someone's like, oh my god, I had the worst ever. Do you put like oh like because I oh if someone goes, uh, this guy is a cunt. Do you, uh, uh, why clicking like? Are you going? I like that guy. Yeah. Or are you oh, going? I like. Do you think that guy's a cunt? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sort of sad for my kids, really. Like, yeah, because yeah, I feel like, like you said, like we were the last generation that didn't have, like, well, a like porn at our fingertips, um, which is a frightening thought, really. Um, no, man, it's all it's literally it. Your it's the parenting. That's all it is. I know, but like, I I was watching internet porn at like. 16. Oh, yeah. They're going to watch it. 100%. Yeah, yeah. but then, like, how early are they going to watch it? Like, we couldn't... That's like, your... No, no, no. no it's, your... it's not up to me. Like, it if, is, in a way. If I was 13 and had a phone, my mum did a great job raising me. If I was 13 and have a phone, of course I'm watching porn. Well, do... Are you going to give your 13-year-old child a, a phone? I, I mean... I wouldn't want to, but then like I, I, I'm worried that they're going to be like the kid that doesn't have it, and then they're going to get bullied because they don't have it. That's the sort of that's the sort of politics that you're dealing with at schools nowadays. It's kids kids are bullying other kids because they don't have All right. a phone. Here's the thing for me, right? I um, used to ask for like remember rock pots? Yeah, yeah. The boots. Everyone buzzed over these boots, right? And if yeah. you had rock ports, you're a you cool were, guy. You were the oh, king. you've got the new rock ports, right? These boots that everyone used to have, right? And there was like a knockoff version you get from like Lee Market called Rockford's. Rockford's, yeah. Yeah, Rockford's. Rockford's. And yeah. you were a loser if you were in them. Everyone takes a piss out of you. My mum, I was like, it's, they're called rock ports, all right. And she went, okay. And I, I was like, she was like, how much are they? I think they're expensive, but if you can get them, it would be really cool. And then... She goes out and she's like, hey, guess what I've got? And then I'm pulling out and I'm like, oh, pulling them out of the box, like, whoa. And then it said Rockford. And I was like, no, I can't no, wear them. You should have not gotten them. Like, you should have so... literally got dog shit off the floor. Yeah, this is a metal bag for shoe. my feet. This is an Aldi bag for my feet. That's cool, I've got man. An Aldi bag on one foot, a little bag on the other. On the other. But I bet it's I bet it's cool now, a little Aldi. Just like having your your bag strap on both, both yeah. shoulders. Yeah. Anyway. I digress. My my feet, uh, the the Rockfords. So what I didn't get whenever I'd ask for that thing, she would go, "No, I can't. I can't afford it. Like you just got, don't get to be a cool kid." Yeah. We can't. And then I've grown up with a better sense of don't buy into materialistic things. You didn't need that as a kid. You you got by. There's a lot of things where I didn't get the same privilege yeah. me too man i've i've grown yeah. up where i you know i don't need a ralph lauren t-shirt i can yeah i'm happy to just go to primark mm. but like like Not my primark. <laughs> <laughs> mainly that's not good because of the sweatshops but you yeah know, true. But the mike, prices mike, are great <laughs> mike though right? you could be buying the most expensive it doesn't make a difference you're not paying for 
the, the, the quality of work are really high. It's just like the brand. I, I guess that I, I think the, the difference there though is like, cause like I could never turn around and say, don't be a hypocrite mum. You've got a Chanel handbag type thing. Like, I guess the difficulty is like, why can't we have a phone? Oh, cause we because said the children. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I get children. that. But then the kids these days, man, they're so much, I think they're just different to how I, I don't remember like the balls on George. He's really got bad. balls bigger than an Irish broad's ass, man. <laughs> Honestly, for four, for four years old, he's got... I feel like he could run a, cr- a criminal enterprise. Stop dropping that pen, would you? I, ca- I can't. I, I keep filling with it. Um, I, yeah, I feel um, like he could run. Like, he could be the head of a cartel. Because really? he, what, what's, he's got he's, mischievous he, behaviour. Yeah, he's just so ballsy. Like, he'll talk back to grown-ups as if they're not even there. Like, he'll make you feel like a mug. What did he say to me that time? Or he's like, what are you saying? Like, he was like, who's that man or something like that? Like, was he not saying it in front of me or something like that? It's like, who is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> who is that? Whereas a normal child would just go, who was that daddy later on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll just do it in no. front of you and make you feel like a piece of shit. That's cool, though. That's just cool. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Until, like, he's old and he's just, like, robbing banks because he feels like he can fucking do it. Nah, to be honest, he'll say something to the wrong person, he'll get in a scuffle, and then he'll go, I'm not going to say like that next time. My mum used to say that to me all the time when I was a kid. Like, you're going to get punched in a pub, you, when you're older. Not not happened yet. So... Because you got punched once by someone else in school and went, you know what? I'm definitely not doing this in a pub. <laughs> no, I never got punched <laughs> in school. I wasn't a fighter. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah. I like I to definitely. settle. Th- I like to settle things with my lips, not my fists. <laughs> I mean, that's through speech or <laughs> either or. I remember you having a fight outside the bus stop once. Oh yeah. With I think it was with me. Ro- yeah, yeah. I think it was with Rob Brett. Yeah, I had I had a lot of fights in school because I was more like George. Like someone would say something to me, so I don't often have a, 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 like fights with like other friends, like in in our group of friends, and we've had a, an argument, and we're both like insecure. So we're like, right, that's it. We can't. We don't know how to settle. Well, our minds aren't mature enough to settle this with words, so we'll throw bad punches at each other and just like go going like mad, like Tasmanian devil at each other, just spinning around, bashing into each other. But there's also cases where some chubby, like, hard guy would say something to me, where everyone else would go, ah, just keep walking, keep walking, anything. If you'll just give up on it soon, I would turn around and say something back. And it might not be like, yeah, fuck you, pal, but it might just be like, let's asking it, like, answering a rhetorical question. It's like, where the fuck did you get them shoes, pal? And I'm like, well, actually, pal, and just asking, he's like, you what? You're talking back to me? And then we're getting a fight. Because all they're looking for is an inch of you, just looking for. Yeah, it's just uh, it's like I need to get this aggression that I'm feeling in my. my it's like teenage angst, didn't it? Yeah, but I, in my head, I was like, I'm gonna want. So you think I want answer? But I'll talk I, to you. Yeah, if you want. I to. remember watching. Um, I remember watching this kid. It must have been in like year eight. And looking back now, it's like a scene from The Sopranos, where mm-hmm. it, like he's talking shit to. I think it was Ryan Scully. And Ryan Scally just fucking... He, didn't he does name in everyone on this podcast. He just, like, he didn't even punch <laughs> him, man. He slapped him. Like, he just slapped him. And the kid just started crying and apologising. 
<laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so, I was just like that. Like, yeah, it wasn't even a punch. It was like a barehanded like, oh, bang, yeah, like right badass. into the side of the face. Other kids might be like, well, you slapped him, but you wouldn't say that to like a hard guy. You'd be like, you slapped him. Yeah, and he wow. started crying straight away. It was honestly like he was like standing up to the mafia Don. Yeah. And the Don just goes, Psh, and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Have my yeah. children. Yeah, I need to stop watching The Sopranos, man. I feel like I'm just... I've never watched it, so maybe I should. You should. I tell everyone that I meet that they should watch it if they've not seen it. It's the best TV mm. show ever made. Uh, okay. You wouldn't have any modern TV show if you didn't have The Sopranos. And yeah, but is it better than The Big Bang Theory, though? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, it, I suppose it's not. Uh, like, right, it's not. <laughs> the big, you can put The Big Bang Theory on while you're eating your tea and not have to yeah. worry too much about life. Whereas you can't, do that with the, you can't do that with The Sopranos. No, I really don't like the Big Bang Theory film. I'm listening. Uh, um, it's like that's clearly good, an example of a bad show. It's a, it's a good shit show, though, isn't it? Like, it's just good. No, to, it's not to, even a good shit show. It's just like a shit shit show. <laughs> it's an absolute shit show. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you should watch it, and then you should listen to the, the podcast that they've got um, where they... Um, go into each episode in depth and it's really good oh, nice. yeah, I do like stuff like that remember DVD extras and stuff like that yeah yeah it's like a, it is like a DVD extra for the end yeah. but they do it episode by episode so you get in and it's two people yeah, that nice. were in the cast so they give you like a oh this is like this is how we auditioned for it and stuff like that mm. um, but yeah you need to but it's, it's a TV show you've got to watch like three or four times before you sort of go uh. <laughs> That's so mad that if anyone ever said that to me about a film, like, you've got to watch it. Right? So think about what you're asking there. If someone yeah. went, oh, watch this film. The second watch is better. You go, all right, you might think about that. And you go, I'll give it one watch. And then you might watch it once and go, it was all right that. You know what? I might watch it a second time. That makes sense. But then a film three or four times it takes to watch. But you're saying, how many seasons are in Sopranos? I think there's 86 episodes. So right. <laughs> I want you to watch. I'm not even going to do the maths on that, but I want you to watch an 86 episode season three oh, or four times. Yeah, it's called, just kind of get it. It's, well, it's, about an, it's about an hour an episode. Uh, so you're talking like 200, like, that's like 300 going, hours. That's like going, are you interested in being um, like a, a bin man? And you're like, no. <laughs> It's like, right, well, be it for four years. <laughs> and then come and then back to me, me and tell me that you don't want to do it. You'll kind of get it then. You'll kind of be like, you know what? I, I like smelling shit every day. <laughs> oh, they, you, you must have to like smelling like shit every day, surely. Or are, no, they, on, like are they on good pay? Like, what's the benefit to being... Like, if any bin men are listening, I'm sorry. No bin men are listening. I don't know any bin men. <laughs> But maybe like, will be one day. What? Why? You don't stumble into it, do you? What? Bin Bin Menery? <laughs> yeah, it's not like hey, a cop. Bin, what, what? Is it not Bin Person? Uh, sorry, yeah, Bin Person. Yeah, Bin uh, Person. Bin Person. Uh, it's not. Bin Laden. It's, no, right, okay. it's not. <laughs> It's not like a course at college, is it? Where you just go, actually, I'm doing the, I'm doing my Bin Laurier levels. Uh, <laughs> and then once, once I've done that, I'm going to go to university and get a master in Bin Laurier ship. Uh, and then and I'm really... Ari, <laughs> and Ari I'm, P and B. That's Bin <laughs> Education. <laughs> and that'll really set me on my career path to really be the best Bin Laurier person I could be. Well, if, you, if I've even considered that when I'm not at a job, I've been like, 
why not do that? Like, I'm not even a bin man, just, yeah, so bin man, you drive around them on, you get your work out the, out the way. It's a job that not many people want to do. It's physical. It is and physical. might smell like uh, shit. But I was hours. actually thinking, yeah, I was actually thinking more like people who work at skips, because skips smell. When you go to a skip and it yeah. just it stinks. And they must just have that on the body all the time. But when I think of working in Lidl, and when I opened, when when we had a bakery first start there, and I used to every day get the bakery out, and then I'd be like, "Hmm," and I used to really enjoy the smell of it. And then a couple of weeks in, a weeks into doing that, some customers walked in and went, "Hmm," and I was like, "Wait, I don't smell that anymore." Oh no! Gone. That amazing smell is just second nature to me. So I think that's what it's like for a bit, man. One day you got to the, you open those bin lids and go, and then eventually he doesn't, he doesn't even enjoy the smell of the waste anymore. He goes, Oh, Linda, Linda, I can't smell this shit anymore. <laughs> and, she's, smell the bin juice. and she's going, John, John, what do you mean? You can't smell this shit anymore, John. <laughs> And I smell it every time you walk in. <laughs> I've got the bath ready for you and the radox in there. The kids have told me they don't love you anymore, John. <laughs> uh, £9.91 an hour in the Wigan area for a bin. That, I wonder what you were Googling. I knew that it was, was bin, man, bin, bin person related. I, I needed the wage. £9.91 an hour. <clears throat> yeah, it's like, um, it's like funeral directors and people who work with uh, dead people. Mm. Instantly. Like, I feel like you should go, hmm about them yeah well the, the way people get into it though is is just like there was a family a long time ago started it and then it's just been passed around like through family members but also i remember knowing someone in college who was like oh my dad works with a guy uh, no no he knows a guy he delivers to a guy who's like a he's like an undertaker at funeral directors and i mentioned that you're looking for a job and he said oh you could come by and worked there, and he, he was like, well, what kind of, what would it entail? And he's like, you know, brushing up the thing, um, just working behind the reception and all this type of stuff, but, but we could get you dressing the, the, the dead people, like the bodies, you could dress them up. And, he was, and I was like, whoa, like, would you like do a, that? Like they're a fancy dress. Yeah, well, just like in the <laughs> it's best, a, in the Sunday it's a pirate. Best. It's a pirate theme this week, so. <laughs> get the get, iPad, get dressed. Get dressed into your Sunday best when you're dying, when you're dead, sorry. And then, um, but then he was like, oh, oh, I could maybe do that. And I went, oh, right, well, what are you going to do? He went, yeah, but then he said, sometimes you might have to dress children. Oh, that's no way. No way. Um, I work for the co-op. Shout outs to the co-op. I went there before. Um, Got some uh, bread. They obviously, uh, our our bakery is second to none. (laughs) Um, They obviously do funerals. Um, I was I was at a, a sort of a large a function conference, and we had the uh, head of the funeral department come in and give a bit of a speech about funerals, and you know because of you know you know it's an exciting bit part of the business to be in because of blah, blah, blah. a few interesting facts that I found: the funeral industry is unregulated which means that you could open a funeral home from your flat with no questions asked. And you, I could be like, right, bring in the dead body on the yeah. gurney into it, my living room. You don't even have to put it on. You could have the Whoa. dead person on a couch. 
If, if you, you that's in, don't you're giving out valuable information to necrophiliacs right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know it's it's frightening that, isn't it? Like that is you, really frightening. Some though. families come to you and go, you know, Phil, I, I heard you're desperate for work, but you know, would you would you take care of our Linda? I tell you what, <laughs> I I would do. I would never go anywhere near a dead body. I used to live next to a like next to a Chinese takeaway, which was then next to a co-op funeral director's. And I remember one day realizing that odd place for a Chinese twenty meters exactly right <laughs> twenty meters away from me there were dead bodies in a drawer. It's a refrigerator. It it's, a, it's a fridge. It's yeah. not a drawer. It's a fridge. In a drawer that's called a cold drawer. Um, but they have a fancy word for them, and I can't remember what they're called because they don't like to call them refrigerator. Oh, sorry, they're called temperature controlled units, so that wow, you, okay. that you don't TCUs. Think Get them in the TCU. That's what um, they call well, them. Yeah, they freak me out. Could you do an autopsy? Could you do an autopsy? Uh, medically, uh, yeah. I feel like. Wait, if you... well, hold on. What other way? <laughs> what other way? I I could do a version of it, but I don't think you'd want to use it on a death certificate. Virtual autopsy. <laughs> <laughs> metaphorical <laughs> autopsy uh, a, a sexual autopsy I don't know okay, uh, okay. I feel like if you trusted me to but could, are you asking like could I as in like could I touch a dead body and go he was shot type thing? yeah and could you like if they're like right now no, like, alright then um, Matt, we know Matthew Andrew yeah he did science uh, at uni or something like that I really have no idea what he did because I just said he did science at uni <laughs> It could have yeah. been college yeah. and it could have been biology. It's one of those. But I'm clearly, I did not do any science at college or uni. Yeah, did, just tick a box that. that was just science. Yeah, exactly. So whatever he was doing, it involved cutting it open. I imagine people. that would be biology. Dead people. You said dead people. Biology. Dead people. I know yeah, like, yeah, so, in high school, we did a frog or a... Something. Yeah, but he's in uni at this point. And he's yeah, going yeah. To a, a hospital and he's like cutting scalps open and stuff oh, man. Shit, right i could not do that no way no, you couldn't pay me enough to do that i, I bet i could, I bet I could pay you enough okay. if i said no, to you, you that, i'll man. give you 500 million pounds to do it you would do it what do i No, because that really no, freaks me out think about it that really really freaks me out how am i going to enjoy 500 million if I'm wasted on drugs in a week trying to forget that experience that I've had. It's a lot of drugs. Oh yeah, don't. <laughs> to be honest, sometimes I feel like if I ever, if I was a lottery winner, I would just be dead in a week. That, well, yeah, I'm one the, of those guys. Like there was that the um that, the famous guy who like built a quad, a Mike, quad. Something. Yeah, yeah. He pissed us away on booze and drugs, mm. didn't he? Um, was, that's a lot that'd of money. That'd be me. Though. That'd be me, but not on the news. You would just find out, like, what what happened to Sutton? I thought he was doing stand-up comedy. No, no, he won the lottery, and he just went to the Bahamas, didn't tell anyone about it, and apparently they found him on the beach three days later. And he had Three days? Form. You're not even giving yourself yeah, a week. Exactly. Well, no, 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 three days. It took me to book the flight and get there. All right. Working up to it. But three days on the beach, all the sun got to me, and the fact that I was just pouring drugs into me and just... Let's do everything. What would you do? Is that what you would do? Like, what what drugs would you do? Like, if you won the lottery. I'm not saying that. Depending on the fragility of my mind, especially (laughs) if I've just gone through a traumatic autopsy experience. Um, (laughs) All right, the the state of mind that I get in, where I'm like, oh, 
I'm all blue. But the stereotypical thing of a guy who does comedy is a bit depressed sometimes. When I'm in those those state of mind, I imagine like so if someone was like, "Oh, if I paid you this much for this," I imagine if I won the lottery or got one of those deals where I'm like, someone goes, "Cut this guy up, mate," and for some reason I'll give you five hundred million dollars. That's I'd, what I'm I'd, saying. I'd get a doctor to do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that's your offer to me. Like you're gonna be in debt, uh, incredibly, just to help me have me do this crazy duh. If that, if I was to do that, I would probably just, yeah, I'd, the the the, the the lack of responsibility I have in my own, own life. If I got lots of money, all of a sudden I'm scared that I would just blow it all immediately. Wow. Yeah, I, I always I always think like like I like like when I'm getting to know someone for like the first time, like if I'm at a new job or you know that sort of thing. There's mm. like th- that's one of the questions that I like to ask because it sort of gives me an insight as to what type of person they are. It's like if you won the lottery, aside from you know house holiday car because you know that that bull everyone would do that what would be the yeah. first thing that you'd go fuck i'm definitely going to get that now right i mean like so that's not my answer by the way it's not lots of drugs and alcohol <laughs> no no, no. It's, it's uh i worry that i'm the kind of person who might oh well we found out that in a week he did that that's my thing but Hmm, what would I buy for? Yeah, what's well, like the like? So you obviously people would buy a house. Obviously people would go on holiday, and obviously people would buy a car. That's the but like the luxury item like just gives you like for me my luxury thing would be like a music studio. That's what I. Yeah, I was gonna say a warehouse that has like a podcast studio, uh, a stage, um, uh, a set. For, for for sketches and stuff like that and a music studio to make music in and stuff like that so this big work, Joe Rogan style warehouse yeah, 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 stuff that I can it's basically a creative place yeah it's a place where yeah. you just go fuck the world and we're going to go because once you've got all that money you might as well just do only the things you enjoy doing and not like you shouldn't look at it as oh now I want a vacation for the rest of my life because that will just become like the novelty will wear off so fast so it's like now that i have all the money in the world what do i want to do and then you just create the opportunity to do that yeah you do, it, that's how i think of it like if i if i won enough money that i didn't have to work mm. i've still got to fill that time i can't just sit mm. around and do nothing i've still got to sit around and fill and nine yeah. hours worth of the day so what would that yeah. be it would be i'd build a warehouse for us all and we'd have mm. We'd have the same yeah. certain podcast in there. We'd have the pretendship podcast in there. Yeah, that's why I imagine it. Like you would get all the people like Nick, for example, has always helped me with producing the podcast. He's also been the reason that I've gone to gigs sometimes or like, but just he's been, if he wouldn't have been around for a lot of me doing stand-up, I was able to get certain things done. So shout and out especially to the Nick. podcast. Happening. So shout out to Nick. But I imagine in, in that scenario, I'm like, well, that studio would have, if I'm like, he wants to shoot a film there, it's he can do that and he works in it and we're all working together in it and we're, with all the different people that want to do that kind of thing, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You uh, know what I mean, you know what I mean? To go back to your question, um, I don't know, yeah, could I fuck around with a dead body? I don't, I don't, <laughs> it's like when I see it, like where they pull like the intestines out and there's that oh, like, yeah. there's that scene in Brooklyn Nine-Nine in, uh, like in the first series where Peralta's shagging the, the new um, autopsy woman. And she's the like, lady there. There's the 
squirting all the intestines in it. Oh face. yeah, she I'm gets like, off on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's also the worry, isn't it? It's like. Because uh, you know, I don't want to disparage. You get suddenly. Wow, that's the fear. You know, like why would you not do an autopsy? It's just I'm scared I might get aroused. That's the real reason. I'm, I'm scared, scared I might. I'm scared I might turn into a necrophiliac. <laughs> wow. Why do you not? That's why, like a lot of why, reasons. Why aren't you working in a nursery? <laughs> I'm scared I could turn into a paedophile. To be honest. <laughs> What? I, are you a paedophile? No, 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 no. I'm not. Well, no, I'm just worried I'm mine. I'm, I'm worried I might become well, one. that's as stupid as someone going, uh, like, m- my dad seen, my, when I was a kid, like a, a little kid, seeing my sister dressing me up in her clothes, girls' clothes, and going, take them off, he's going to think he's gay. Or like, oh, he's going to turn up gay. It's like, <laughs> no, it's not like... If you, oh my god, I'm scared I might be that. Like, some people are like, I don't want to do that because I'm scared it might make me gay. So, yeah. it's the same as going, like, I'm scared of working in a doing an autopsy in case I find it really hot. Oh, shit. I'm scared of working in a nursery in case I do that. dead girl titties are really doing something for me. Well, there's that scene in um, Bad Boys, maybe the first or second one, definitely not because I've not seen it. Um, there's a bit where they're in a morgue and uh, there's this a chick on a table with a big, big. Oh yeah, I think that's the second one. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the, that whole scene is Martin Lawrence like she gets nudging the table and making him shake and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, um, I think that's the second one. They do something, <laughs> they do something similar in uh, the Baywatch film with um, uh, Zac Efron and with the, the Rock. rock and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an underrated film, man. Was it? Was it good? Yeah, it was good. Although Zac Efron was down. definitely on the juice for it. Oh, he, of course he's on the juice. And I'm not just saying like a bit of guy who's out of shape, but there are certain people who that when you look a certain way, you go, "That's only achieved by steroids." Well, the, I, I I think probably having the Rock as a co-star maybe helped him in terms of getting bulked up. But there's this one scene where they're racing on this like course, and his arms are like fucking. They look like they're about to pop out of his skin, man. Yeah. It's unhealthy. I just feel like. I feel like I'm not saying that he couldn't get. He isn't already in incredible shape. Oh, he but is. What I mean 100%. is that that point where you the 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 superstar movie, your name's on the poster, you're an incredible star in, in Hollywood. When you're at that point, you you can't just be in amazing shape. You've got to be like in steroid image. Yeah, shape. I think so also like I was listening to something the other day where there was like a trainer going through it, and they were saying. Uh, what you see on the screen is like someone who's not eaten for a week, someone exactly, who's yeah, someone right. who's not drank for like a day, because yeah. you know they're dehydrated, so their muscles are yeah lean, which yeah. that isn't nice. Have you thought no, about doing but, the rides? Thought about riding up? But I imagine that if you knew you were gonna have your shirt off in a film, you would try your best because it's it's up on a big cinema screen. So I think you'll just try your best. I'm not just when I go on holiday, like let alone Mm, be on the cinema. Yeah, true. I've got a year to go to get into that sort of shape. Mm. I really, really want like I've been saying this for months and months, but I really need to get into a point where I'm exercising more. I think the way to do it is I used to just be massively into swimming and when we get to this, I'm just gonna like get to work early and just force myself to do it and like Say if someone wants to play football, I'm like, let's go and do that. Like, let's. I just need to start moving about a bit more because I'm kind of letting it catch. I'm not. I'm definitely not. 
Hey, man, you're preaching to the choir. Like, this is what Should happens when you have kids and you don't eat well for two years. Look at the stage. Yeah, man. well, I look, like not even... I look like I've swallowed me. <laughs> no, you just look like, uh, like a little out of shape. And I feel I, a little out of shape. I'm more than a little. I like put, I like the other day, I put some, sh- I was actually this morning, I put some shorts on and went, nope. Fuck. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I, even I'm putting some clothes on recently and being like, what the hell? And it's just a bit tighter. I think the trick is to find something that you like, man, isn't it? Because then that's, it's not, it's not a chore. Exactly. It's not even a chore anymore. You, swimming used to be that. It used to just be like, oh, I, and I'm excited to go, go swimming. And then eventually it just became staring at a black line over mm. and over. Yeah. And, I, don't I don't know. It wasn't particularly that. I just kind of stopped doing it. Was it other years in Dubai? Maybe. Well, when I went to Dubai, I've tried something a bit more. Sucking the oil money, man. Exactly. It wasn't as much money as you would think. <laughs> I, I have no qualms to think that you were getting paid hundreds of dads. Because if you were, you would still be out there. You wouldn't, like... Yeah. Well, no, I don't know. I think I would have, you know. I definitely would have come back. Because I, I, I tried stand-up when I was on holiday from Dubai back in England. Oh, is that what that is that what the kick and then was? I was like, right, I don't need to be here anymore. Then I need to go back to England and start that again. Ah, what was the reason that you went out there, man? I never really asked. Was it just the opportunity came up and you just wanted to do it? Well, it was. I, I was doing swimming teacher for a couple of years. I was getting, I was getting to the point where I had a big, a big list of jobs in my CV, great references from different, um, different employers. Like that's one of the few things in my life where I'm like, I'm confident that I'm good at that job. Mm. Um, so I wanted to like go abroad and work abroad and like perhaps live abroad for, well yeah live abroad for a while so yeah I was in places like Australia New Zealand Spain and I was like trying to learn Spanish for a little bit and that, that was like before stand up this was like go and work abroad now that you've got this cool job um, go and do this abroad you can really do that but then they all involved saving up money and having a big nest egg of money to go and do it and I was like I don't have that money though and I kind of want to get this out while I'm young. I'm like 25, 26 at the time. I think I turned 26 when I arrived in Dubai. But yeah, I'm like trying to figure out what I want to do. And then Dubai was the only job where it said, your visa uh, is, we pay for your visa, we pay for your flights, your Emirates, double-decker plane flight, just ridiculous. So it's like the best plane I've ever been on. And even the toilet, I was like, this is better than most bathrooms. (laughs) This is better than my house. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely better than my house. And it's the toilet on a plane. And then... um, and it's it's tax free, but it's not. It's just like everything's so much more expensive. And I, I, the plan was to go there. And even though I wasn't like, I knew I wouldn't. The, the, the country wouldn't be my morals and ethics and beliefs and way of living isn't in line with there. But I was like, I can deal with it, and I can get a good experience from it, and save up money, and then move to these other places. But I, I struggled to save up money for it. Figure I don't want to do stand up, and then. So I'll just come back then and do that. It's also like a good culture shock, isn't it? Like Dubai yeah, sure. is like such of the opposite of here. Like mm. other earning in Salford. Like mm. it's a country full of mega rich people, but it's yeah. also like full uh, of different cultures, like yeah, 80% of the population. Muslim, are, yeah. No, 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 not that. It's like 80% of the population <laughs> and uh expats. So it's only twenty percent that are Muslims. And it's a like, Muslim country as well. So yeah, exactly, yeah. So during Ramadan, you're not allowed to, you're in your car, you're not allowed to have a drink of water or you get fined. You're not allowed to eat in the streets in Ramadan, even if you are not a Muslim. Yeah. So, so the, 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 the 20% of the population 
are the guys who are like, this is our country, this is how we do things. And then the other 80% are from different countries. So most of the people I'm meeting, I could be hanging out with like eight people on one night and it's, it's like just all different nationalities, even just English, Irish, Welsh, Spain, Lithuania, oh, uh, just Serbia, Australia, all these different places. So it just kind of like became, I don't know, it just definitely improves my, I don't know, I learned a lot from it, but it wasn't something I wanted to stick at. I mean, mm. uh, yeah, I've always, yeah, like, I, yeah, it's a, a fascinating sort of country. It's an odd one. Um, yeah, have you ever done Ramadan? Have you ever like done it for the full month? I was there. I was there during like in Dubai when that was happening. But as, didn't soon, as soon as it, partake, sorry, go on. <clears throat> did you not? You didn't like adhere to I it. I didn't partake. No, no, I didn't partake. No, I like. <laughs> did, you, did you partake? Partake in the Ramadan. Uh, I would eat in the morning before I left the house, and then I would like at dinner time. You'd have to go and hide somewhere and eat. And then in your car, you like want to make sure you drank a lot of water because if you're in the car driving, you need to drink water. You will get fined if you're seen doing it. And then when it, and I remember just wait, like sometimes I break down on the side of the road uh, in 40 degree heat with no water during Ramadan, and I'm waiting there like for someone to come and pick me up or something, and I've not eaten for hours and hours, and it's just very stressful. When it's like, yeah, 40 degree heat as well, it doesn't help any of that. You're in, you're in a country, you don't know where you're going. You've broken down in a rental car. Just lots of those situations made me go like, oh, I feel I can handle a lot more than I thought. Yeah. Uh, I'm in a country on my own, like trying to figure out how to live here. You know? And um, yeah, so it was a good experience though. Glad I did it, it. It's a rough month, man. I've done Ramadan. I've partaken in Ramadan. Oh, really? Yeah. No way. I did it um, at, at, when I was at British Gas. A couple of uh, one of my team members and my my boss were Muslim, so I thought, "Fuck yeah. it, man, let's do it." Fuck, it's a rough, rough old yeah. bag of dicks, man. But whenever I talk to any about anyone about it during Ramadan, when I was, I'd always get into loads of conversations with all the taxi drivers, who mostly were just guys who lived their entire massive families in India, in India and just lived in Dubai for like six months of the year. Even more than that, just yeah. like nine months of the year, just to send money back, and that's yeah. why they're there. But they talk about Ramadan. Someone would say that after a while, after the first week or two, you just start to feel like, like light and like you're clear-minded. There's this fog gone away, and it's kind of like a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. Do you find that the first two weeks are really rough, but like the last few weeks, it's honestly it's like a breeze that like you don't even notice, and um, like it's. I reckon, and they, they probably attribute it to a religious thing, but mm. I, I reckon the majority of the reason why they felt that way is it, it's a massive fucking detox, man. You are well, getting they, they, rid they, of everything. They know, it's not that it's like, I don't think that they're going like, they're having that feeling and they're going, this is God. It's like the, the religious practice of doing that, which is just a practice of, it's like this, like, yeah, like you said, detoxing your body. It is a, it's in a, a way, massive detox. Getting yeah. them closer to God because they're closer to themselves in a way. Like yeah, yeah, actually, so I guess it's not like they're imagining, oh, God did this. It's more uh, like yeah. they've done that. Yeah, I'm not saying that you don't think that, that you think that. I mean, like, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, if you ever wanted to lose weight quick, Ramadan is fucking mint. Is it um, though? Because. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because but you not put the weight on real fast afterwards because you just. I suppose it, it it depends if you go back to your gluttonous old ways, but your stomach shrinks, so inevitably you can't take that much more food in as the month goes on. Um, I did put the weight back, so I did it for like a holiday to Ibiza. I was like, "We're going to I'm going on holiday to Ibiza. Fuck doing like a proper diet. I'm just going to Ramadan the months, and then Whoa, I'll, look, I'll just look and like Peter said, like I look like this fucking gaunt little skeleton with like this oh, sucked really? in wow. face. Wow. Um, yeah, it was a good holiday though. Um, similar though, that like works. we we went to a, a, a kebab shop out in Ibiza. And the guy that was running the kebab shop was saying the same thing, like the taxi drivers are saying to you. Like, basically, I just work here the summer season, send yeah. every penny I can back home, and then yeah. like I'll just get a job on a different island. I just thought, fucking yeah, mad, it's fucking mad lifestyle. <laughs> and some of them just have more than one life as well. They're like, yeah, I've got a few wives, I've got a lot to pay for. <laughs> so I've got a lot of kids, so I'm just gonna be here. All- I, well, what it is is I, I had sex with too many women, and now I'm paying for it. <laughs> I, that is the story of my life, mate. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that is the story of my life. I had sex with too many women, and now I'm now you're paying for it. For it. Um, hopefully, that won't be the story of my life because uh, I'm a virgin. No, no. Um, I think we should end it there, man. That's a yeah. good point. When you just said that, that's the story of life. Because uh, yeah, because otherwise we'd be bloody rambling all day, my friend. I could go for hours, but yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, cheers, bro. No worries. You it's are. been a good chat, man. Thanks for having welcome me. Welcome back anytime. Um, and uh, everyone who's listening, uh, give him a like and comment on his thing and subscribe to to him and, and all I, that. I only got Sutton on so he could spread this to his uh, stand-up comedian friends. Um, exactly. uh, yeah. One of them will reach out to me and tell me I've got potential. Uh, so <laughs> any like, age. Be again, please. <laughs> and you'd be like, I don't know, maybe, maybe. Uh, if, if 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 something gives you the go ahead, I'd give you a twenty percent fine. This fee. <laughs> there we go. Thanks. thanks Sutton's now my age. All that money you don't make. I need that away. Well, it's twenty percent and nothing. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's been a blast. Night. You, we, we'll have to do this more regularly because I've had fun. Uh, there is the same certain podcast, which is found on YouTube and all the other. Well, it's uh, just YouTube at the moment, but it will be on the other ones soon. There you go. Uh, and check out Phil's YouTube channel for all his stand-up stuff. The Instagram is. It's uh, both YouTube and Instagram are just Phil Sutton, and that's double L, Phil Sutton. Oh, as in you're filling something there. Not Sutton, as I say it like that with no T's. Sutton, yeah. Sutton. Right um, so. Phil Sutton. Thank you, and I will see you on the flip side, suckers.